Well, 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 welcome to the mayhem Dick and Lloyd mayhem Media mayhem Market in a mayhem You might love it, you might hate it Here's my favorite freaking show Hey, welcome in. Dick and Lloyd chatting with another great personality from the Kansas City area who, uh, incidentally, is now in Texas, talks about hurricanes, a bad boob, and Mama J. She was a mainstay on KMBZ for many years, and she's down on the Lone Star State now, taking on some pretty huge challenges we'll talk about with her signature rye humor. Hey, Lloyd, look who we've hooked up with. There's Darla J. Wow, Darla J, how you been? What's going on? Well, where would you like me to start? The hurricanes, the move, oh. the mother with dementia, the cancer, which part? Oh my gosh. Oh. <laughs> there are a lot of chapters in the Darla J book, aren't there? Oh, I'm telling you. Ever since I moved out of Kansas City, it's been one thing after another. Well, where have we found you? Uh, what part of Texas are you in? I am in a northern suburb of Houston. Uh -huh. I'm in the woodlands. Okay. Are you near Tomball, Texas? Yes, I oh, am. I'm right on the edge of the woodlands in Tomball. You know what I that. love about people from Texas? They know every small town around them and every county they're in. It's just, it's like a religion. <laughs> yes, it is. And, you know, driving around here, I, thankfully, I don't know what I would have done if I didn't have GPS because I have to drive downtown every day. Oh, yeah. And the traffic here is unbelievable. Six-lane six highways on each side. Really? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, everybody, you've heard that voice enough now. I'm going to tell you probably, you know, the people who followed Darla J when she was here in, on KMBZ know exactly who we're talking to. And probably a lot of the people listening recognize the voice and don't know the Darla J story. Darla J was uh, on KMBZ. Uh, what years, Darla? When did... I started in 2005, and um, I was summarily let go in 2016. Uh, wow, and, 11 years. There's run. a lot of definition to summarily because, you know, everybody in radio has had that happen to them. Uh, what do you think it was with Darla J? Um, I, I think it was a couple of things. I think yeah. it was money, mm -hmm. and I think it was age. Oh, really? And, and I'm just going to be honest. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, because I had been on the FM, and we were – simulcasting on the AM and the FM. Sure. And then they said, we're going to split the two, the AM and the FM, mm -hmm. and we're going to put you on mornings on the AM without a producer and without a news person, and you're going to talk for four hours by yourself. Now, wasn't that a business channel at that point, or had they changed the theme by then? Uh, they had changed the theme. Okay. So and it was, so yeah. It was I did that for a year. I didn't, you know... When they asked, well, they didn't really ask me to do it. They told me, you're going to the AM. And I said, I feel like you're setting me up for failure. And <laughs> okay. sure enough. Yeah. Uh -huh. Well, you know, when you're on the AM, you're striving for that 2% ratings at some exactly. point. Well, that's, that's something. But then that all ended. It was a big career for you. You've been everywhere in the country on the radio, it seems like. I, I have. I was in rock radio for, gosh, I think 18 years um, I worked in Grand Rapids, Michigan, Cleveland, Ohio, San Francisco, Detroit, 
And that's where I started doing talk. Nobody would give me a shot at it. They all said, well, you've had a part, you know, you've always had a partner. Right. And I don't think you could do a talk show. And the guy that hired me is a little station in Huntsville, Alabama called WVNN. And that's where uh, Sean Hannity started. Okay. So I did the afternoon show, uh, two people after Sean Hannity. Okay. Well, you know, you are unlike myself. I did 47 years in one town, so I, I don't wow. quite, I don't know what it's like to move around. Is that exciting? Is that boring? Is that scary? What's it like uh, being the, the radio vagabond? You know, it was exciting at times, but the unfortunate thing is because I was the second person on most morning shows, you know, the, the person who was the lead could decide whether they wanted me or didn't want me. Right. Yeah. And so I moved in 10 years. I think I moved 10 times. Yeah. Or mm -hmm. no, eight times. And I will tell you, by the time I got to Kansas City, I was like, I don't care what happens. I'm not going anywhere else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when you were on these rock shows in the morning, I mean, for those of you who have listened to Darla when she was here, you know that. It was driven by her point of view, which was, I think you'd say, what they call conservative. Yeah, it's kind of funny, because when I was on the morning show, I was generally the voice of reason. <laughs> which, <laughs> okay. I mean, I, I tried to be that doing talk as well. I mean, I was absolutely myself and absolutely my opinions. Well, I, I, I love the fact, I think you were very reasonable, Darla J. I've oh, got to tell you, you that. Thank I mean. You. I, I don't think I ever heard you come up with anything unreasonable. And you you had a lot of reasonable guests that you had on regularly that I found very entertaining. Thank you. Especially like Landmine Billy. Oh, I know. I just, <laughs> I just uh, sent him a text a little while ago because I don't know if you remember when I was doing the night show on FM, I had a segment called The Conservative Minority. Yes. And Landmine was one of the guests. And so was uh, Angelo Mino. Do you mm -hmm. remember him? He yeah. used to say made in, uh, made in Ecuador, born in Ecuador, made in America. And unfortunately, he just <laughs> passed of cancer and Billy and I had a conversation. But it's been a long oh. time since I've talked to him. Well, that was, uh, that was a show I always look forward to Thank when you, you had that much. group on. Yeah, I miss it. I, I really do miss it. When I left KMBZ, I went to the Johnson County Sheriff's office and I was their communications director and scared to death because I'd never done anything but radio. I really, really enjoyed it. I met some of the most wonderful people working at that sheriff's office. And then um, a new sheriff was elected and, and it was kind of like a radio thing. I was gone. Mm, yeah. <laughs> what does a communications director do at the at the sheriff's place? What what kind of things did you do? Well there were a lot of reasons why the sheriff wanted to hire me. Um, he wanted me to soften the image of law enforcement, to show the kinder, gentler, softer side of law enforcement. And this was short, you know, this was after uh, Ferguson happened. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of it involved setting up interviews, um, doing podcasts, doing Facebook posts and, and Twitter feeds and taking lots of pictures. And I was getting into doing video. I was, that was going to be my next thing. And I, I think I did a pretty good job. I, I really enjoyed it while I was there. But now that I'm in Texas and living with my mom, that's it was kind of an all-consuming job. It, if you get called in the middle of the night, you have to go out and talk to the media if something's going on. Sure. 
Wow. What was some of the interesting things you had to do in the middle of the night? I mean, did you have to get on uh, live uh, news and things? Well, I'll tell you the worst, the worst thing that happened in the middle of the night. And hopefully I can can remember his name. Um, One of our officers was killed Mm -hmm. on, on 69 highway. And uh, his name was Brandon and I'm having a complete brain fart right here. Um, And I got called in the middle of the night and I had to figure out how we were going to deal with this news. Uh, When Uh, an officer is killed, it's, it's a big deal. And that was the most enormous thing that had happened to me since I was there. That's the one that pops to mind quickly. Wow. What a nightmare. So that happened in, at late at night and you had to like get up and get out. And yeah, I did. Um, and there was also uh, another case which also happened in the middle of the night. One of our, one of our deputies, it was a female deputy. I think she was about 22 years old. She, when you start out, you work in the jail. And she was uh, an officer in the jail and she had parked her car. She was working overnights and walked across the street and a couple of, she didn't have her uniform on and a couple of guys pulled up in a car, grabbed her, threw her in the back seat and took off with her. Oh, and, I remember uh, that. You remember that? And unfortunately, yeah. she was uh, sexually assaulted. Thank God they dropped her off. They dropped her off in Missouri, but I got a call and they wanted me to get up right away and get on social media and put out this grainy picture of a card that they had and any information so that we could try to find these guys as quickly as possible. And that was amazing. We ended up, um, the sheriff's department found these two guys. They had raped somebody in Missouri the year before, and now they're both in prison. So I felt like I did something that mattered. Yeah. And, you know, I always thought that what I was doing on the air mattered, but I felt like I did something that actually mattered. Well, that was such a bizarre story. I I really was kind of surprised that there wasn't more made of that, uh, considering that she was an undercover or, or in plain clothes. Right. Right in the parking lot. Got to look at that and say, what kind of predator looks to that opportunity? Well, uh, what had happened, if I remember correctly, she was coming to work and she stopped to get gas and they were at the gas station and they saw her and she was just dressed in civilian clothes and they followed her. They followed her to the parking lot. And I don't know if they didn't realize that she was walking across to the jail or that was the jail in Olathe, but it wasn't like a closed in law enforcement parking lot. It was a downtown parking lot in Olathe. And she was a young woman, very attractive and God bless her. She she wanted to go right back to work. She she testified against them. She was she was incredible. Wow, that takes some kind of fortitude. Yeah, Doesn't sure it? Does. Yeah. Well, when you were here and now when you were on the radio, were there any big deals that you th- look back on where you think that maybe you made a difference or I mean, I know you were politically outspoken when you were here right uh, we just had a mayoral election yesterday i saw that sorry so what, did, that, you, what did you think the, about that um i just was reading some of that late last night and of the two i was glad he won because i i think that they need you know kansas city politics i <laughs> <laughs> i'm telling you you know 11 years of watching kansas city politics and 
people, you know, you, you think the next person's going to do the right thing, the next person's going to do the right thing, and all the money that they spend on developers and don't take care of the everyday things that people think about, like the streets and the potholes and the sidewalks and the crime. Um, I hope that this new mayor does a good job. Well, the star backed him, so we'll uh, keep our fingers crossed and see what yeah. happens. <laughs> well, there you go. But so did Jack Cashel. Pardon me? Did Jack so like did him? Jack Cashel. Okay. Cashel had an did? event for him. Yes. Right. Cashel ah. had an event for him, and a bunch of the conservatives came out in his corner. Excellent. They decided uh, to get involved, I guess. You know, I mean... There's not much they can do uh, yeah. as far as advancing somebody who is simpatico with them. But I talked to Cashel about that. And these guys, these people got together to uh, have an event promoting him because uh, they thought, well, let's look at, at who's running and who's the best aligned with us. And so yeah, he seems that like, happened. He seems like a good guy. As yeah. far as when I was on the air, a couple of things that stand out for me. Um you know, I, I kind of was instrumental in, in, along with another young woman who then went on and became a Kansas House representative in getting the Tea Party movement started in, in Johnson County and in, in the area. And That's we right. had, I decided to broadcast live from uh, Johnson County Community College and was promoting it and promoting it. And I remember driving up and trying to find a parking spot. And I looked out, and you remember how big that movement got before it, it totally fell apart. There were 10,000 people on that lawn. Wow. And that, I mean, I, I kind of got choked up in my car. That was something that I thought was good. And then to go to the other extreme, I actually talked somebody out of committing suicide on the air. I got in big trouble with my boss. Wow. We don't talk about suicide, but this guy called, and he essentially said, you know, I... I was in the military. I don't have anything left to live for. I can't get any help. I've got some mental illness issues. And I started getting texts and emails and all these people that wanted to help him. And I called the Lawrence police for them to try to find him. And I, I was really worried. And um, well, yeah, he ended, he ended up calling me two weeks later and thanking me for saving his life. So that that was a big thing for me. Wow, that is a heck of a story. But I, I got in trouble. You were panicking, trying to figure out how do I deal with this. Right, you I know? was doing a show, and I was like, "We got to find this guy." So did you have you to know? put a? Did you have to put the word out, please? No more suicide calls per the oh, management. My yeah, my boss <laughs> yeah. gets mad when the when the word suicide is mentioned, and he got mad at me, and I said, "How could I not have helped him? How could you at, say that I shouldn't yeah. have helped him?" Yeah. You know. Whoops! Lost the call. Yeah. yeah. Dick, how many of those did you get? You know, you were on um, the air a long time. You know, we were a music station, so we had to handle okay. our suicide calls over an 18 second intro. So, yeah. I got you. so it was it was quick turnaround work. Exactly. Well, Darla Jay, I remember you had one of one uh, back to the uh, back to the Tea Party era. I think you were hosting, or you you had a a, a remote set up at something for Kobach and some other people out at the Ritz. Yes. Do you remember that? Oh, and and there yes. was a bomb threat and the whole place had to empty out. And I and I was there with a couple of friends and I remember uh filing past you sitting out there at a table under a tent. <laughs> 
just kind of calmly sitting there smiling and doing your Darla J thing and and everybody else is just leaving. Right. Because it was a bomb scare. That was weird. Well, and, and I remember there guys, were a lot of people uh, outside protesting. Yes. And and there were a lot of um, the guys that were the security for the event came over and said, you can't sit here anymore because the bomb is, is close to where you're your equipment and stuff is. And I said, well, where am I supposed to go? I got to do a show. And so I, I called the station real quick during a break. And I said, we're going to have to, you know, you have to throw something on. Well, then at that point, the guy that hired me in Kansas City, Neil Larimore, who I adored, uh, called me and he said, what the, what the heck? He said, you got to get on the air. This is the biggest thing. And I, I said, well, what do you want me to do? He says, get on your cell phone and start talking. So I did. <laughs> I thought it was going to be the same guy who got mad at you for saving the life to tell you to get closer in and see if you can get some more sound. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, Neil did save me. Listen, if there's going to be an explosion, I want you right there in the middle of it. <laughs> okay, I, I'm moving toward whatever it is. And then it wasn't a bomb, but who was the guest? It was Chris Kobach and... Uh, Sheriff uh, yes. Arpaio. Yes. Joe, Joe Arpaio, right? Yes, exactly. I, I don't know which one was the lightning rod on that one, but I guess when they both when they both got together, there was just this vortex that just uh, triggered too many people. I don't know. Yeah, that was that was pretty interesting. Um, I also remember being live on the air when um, what was the restaurant on the plaza that exploded? Oh, JJ's. JJ's. Yeah. JJ's. I had just gone on the air when I was doing six to nine when that exploded. And that, that was, uh, that was pretty unbelievable. Wow. But so, yeah. Holy cow. Well, that's still that. I don't know if you've been to town to KC lately, but not, I don't think anything's happened there yet. That, that lot. Yeah. That was awful. I'm trying to remember. I mean, you know, 11 years, so many things happened that, that um, I would really have to sit down and, and think about some of the bigger things. I mean, I, you know, I tried to do as much charity work as I could, and I, I tried to use my position to help as many people as I could, if, whether it was on the air or off the air. And because I'm the kind of person that has to feel like I'm doing something that matters, which has been kind of my my difficulty since I moved to Texas is trying to figure out what that is. Well, you're taking care of Mama Jay, and you're dealing with some pretty heavy stuff uh, we want to yes. talk to you about. Uh, explain to everybody what has been going on with you and uh, what's been occupying you. It's, it's Well, I, my mother lived in Florida, in Venice, and I was in Kansas City. My brother was here. And a couple years ago, my brother um, had to have open-heart surgery, so I drove down here to take care of him because I'd just gotten let go from the sheriff's office. And I was here for several weeks and I really liked the area. And we started talking. We were like, you know, mom's 85 and, you know, we can't keep going back and forth. And why don't, Darla, why don't you get mom and move here? And I, I must have been drinking or something. I go, that's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> so I um, sold almost everything I owned and um, packed my car and drove to Texas. And then I went to Florida to try to convince mom that this is what she wanted to do. And she had lived there for 20 years, um, nine years since my dad died. And uh, I was noticing that she, she was a little 
spacey, I would put it. And I was a little concerned. So I talked her into it. I found a house. That one fell through. I went back to Florida because she wanted to back out and talked her into it again, came back and found another house and then um, went back to Florida and packed up her life. And she was so freaked out about moving that I would pack boxes, put them in the car, drive them over to her friend's house and put them in the garage so she wouldn't see all these boxes around her because she was she's very uh, neat Nick and very OCD. And she really didn't want to go. I finally got her in the car. We finally left. Um, but before that happened, I got here just in time for Hurricane Harvey. The Hurricane Harvey in, in Houston was absolutely horrendous. And ended up being here for that hurricane. Then I flew to uh, Florida and Hurricane Irma came a week later. So I had to get my mom in the car then and drive her to Alabama because we couldn't find a hotel in Georgia. And millions of people had left Florida at that time because of the hurricane coming. So I had the two hurricanes behind me. Then I got mom here, um, started to look for a job. She was kind of freaked out, didn't really want me to leave her alone. And um, I started looking for a job and had a really tough time. Started going to all these networking events and, you know, how do you sell yourself when you, you've done radio and you were a communications director? Now what do you do? And so I finally found a job with a guy who owned a commercial real estate firm here. And it was all the skill set that I'm not good at. I was going to be his his business manager. Ah. Yeah. Okay. And I mean, I didn't know anything about real estate, nothing. And so it was, it was pretty tough in the beginning. And he, you know, entrepreneur, very high energy, um, just do it, you know, just figure it out. (laughs) So that lasted, um, he had some financial issues and I, at that time, this was January, I had already had a mammogram and they had found something. I'd had two. And they wanted me to have an ultrasound. And so he let me go. I went and had the ultrasound. And the woman said, well, I don't really think this is anything. I think it's a cyst. And because when she took the biopsy, it kind of collapsed. And after I got done, they said, well, let's do one more mammogram. Well, behind that cyst was cancer. Oh, okay. Wow. And so... And when I saw the x-ray of it, I knew, I knew it was cancer. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it looked like a, sh- I, I don't know how else to explain it. it, looked like a shining star. And it really irritated me that it looked so good in this uh, film Yeah. that it was like a beaming light. And I was like, get that thing out of me. <laughs> so I had surgery in um, March. And then I had to go through a bunch of genetic testing to see if uh, I I needed to have chemotherapy. And it turned out the type of tumor I had was not going to be helped with chemotherapy, which is a a huge blessing. Mm -hmm. And right now I am almost halfway through 30 radiation treatments. Tell me what a radiation treatment is like. (sighs) You know, I'll tell you that the first day that I was so scared, the first day I went, um, I, I, it's it's a flat metal table, and it's a giant, giant machine that comes down very close to you. Mm-hmm. And they they mark you before you start your treatment. They mark you with all these black or blue marks 
all over your body to make sure that you are in the proper position for the radiation. And they also make kind of a hard paper mache um, body thing that you lay in. So you're always laying the same way every time you go. Okay. So the first day I went in there, um, there were like four people and you have to take your shirt off and your bra off. And, and, um, I had marks all the way down the front of my stomach. So you have to pull your pants down. I'm like, this is fantastic. (laughs) Haven't had this much fun since college. (laughs) Exactly. So I, I remember laying down and they were trying to tell me, you know, they said, we have to take some x-rays and, and we got to make sure you're in the right position and all this and that. I remember laying there and, and flat on my back and tears were rolling down the side of my face because I was so scared. And, yeah. uh, the radiation treatment, then they said, well, you're done. And I go, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the radiation treatment, you go in every day at the same time and you lay on this metal table in this body mold and they, they line it up to the marks that are on your body. And then, um, it starts on the left, it's my right breast. It starts on the left side mm-hmm. and they radiate the entire breast plus the lymph nodes that were under my arm and you don't feel it, but I have never been so tired in my life. It just sucks the life out of you. Really? Yeah. Yes. And it also, it's getting to the point since it's the same place every day where I have this, uh, burning. I mean, it's like a really bad sunburn right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I have, you know, I have 17 more treatments to go. So do they test you each time to see how it's doing, or will they test you at the end to see what happened? They do it every Monday. Every Monday, I they do x-rays. Mm-hmm. I have my radiation. Then I go see a radiation nurse, and they check my vitals and make sure I don't have a fever and stuff. And then I see a radiation oncologist, and she is phenomenal. Um, and because I've had some, some pain issues because of nerve pain and things like that. And so that happens every Monday. And, um, and then when I'm done with the radiation, I have to go back to the regular oncologist and I'm going to have to take these anti-cancer pills for the next five or 10 years. This is not a cheap deal. Uh, how are you handling it, Darla, in your current situation? Um, this is going to really embarrass me, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Mm-hmm. I'd lost my job. I didn't have insurance. I was having some, I, I was depressed. So I, I went online and found the county health department. Mm-hmm. And I went in and I said, I, I need to talk to somebody. Because, I, you know, I lived by myself my whole life. Here I am with my mother 24-7. Um, lost my job. Now I have cancer. Um, they sent me to have a physical. And the doctor sent me to have a mammogram. And so the, uh, the county's helping me. And I, I never, I'm embarrassed, but I, I had no choice. Otherwise, it would have been hundreds of thousands of dollars. And I'm not working right now. And my mom has Social Security, you know? Yeah, sure. Has this experience going through this situation and seeing that side of healthcare changed your opinion all on the opinions you may have had on the radio about healthcare and things? Good question. Um, you know, the place that I go, it's called Smith Clinic. 
and all the doctors there are from MD Anderson Cancer Center. So I, I am truly blessed that I had really, really great doctors. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a ton of people there every day when I go to have radiation. And it has changed my mind in some respects. I still, like I told you, I wish that I didn't have to take this route. But the choice was get treatment or, or die. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> and I certainly didn't want to die. And I don't think, I mean, I think that anybody who has a horrible disease like cancer should be able to get treatment. Mm-hmm. Still doesn't make me think that we need to go to um, what's Canada doing and England's doing. Uh, single payer. Yeah. Single payer. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. a government sure. healthcare thing. But I have to say that um, you got. if I was going to have cancer, God put me in the right place. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Well, I think, it, you know, what it is, is that we all know that people need to be helped healthcare wise. There's just a lot of different ideas about how to do it. And that's where exactly. all the discussion comes up. Yeah. Tell me about, l- l- let's turn a little different direction. Tell me about uh, this guy I'm reading about on your Facebook page, Michael. <laughs> Tell me about Michael and your, and the service that Michael is giving you. Oh, shit. <laughs> You know, I have to amuse myself. I'm I'm trying to make myself laugh every day, okay? Uh Because it's not a very funny thing to have cancer. So this intern, he's a medical intern, and his name is Michael. And he's very, very shy. (laughs) And so, you know me, I kind of have a boisterous personality. and and, uh, (laughs) Not shy. Not shy at one bit. So... I, the first time he was there, you know, you have to take your shirt off and lay down. There's all these people. And I said to him, so Michael, do you want to touch bad boob? Everybody else has. And he turned, <laughs> he was beat red and so embarrassed. And so now once I saw that, now I kind of, I kind of give him crap every single day. And it's been kind of fun for me. He's a young guy. He's going to be a radiation um, therapist and is in medical school and, um, Hey, you got to sink or swim, you know? Exactly. Exactly. And you can follow us the hashtag bad boob if you'd like also. (laughs) Exactly. And it's a very bad boob. You've got some great, really inspirational stuff and some some things that kind of put a really uh, human spin on a lot of the stuff you're facing online. Do you uh, welcome people to to look in here and follow this and, and where Absolutely. would you recommend people go? Uh, it, my Facebook account is, is public. So you can read anything that I write on there. Um, and it's under Darla J J A Y E. Uh, I've been kind of documenting my whole journey. I documented my journey moving here from Kansas city, documented the whole thing with my mom. Eventually I'm going to have enough material maybe to write a book. I've been calling it Adventures with Mama J and Cancer. Um, it was just Adventures with Mama J in the beginning. It's helped me. I don't have an outlet anymore to, you know, after being on the radio your whole life. And, and Dick, you know this. Well, I think it's the one thing you miss, yeah, the chance to comment on things that anybody will pay attention to. So Exactly. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Now I talk a lot to myself. So Facebook and, and, and kind of chronicling this journey has been um, helpful to me because people, 
I got a lot, st still a lot of followers and people have been lovely. They have prayed for me. They have sent me things to help take care of myself. They have written me messages. People have called me and I don't, you know, I'm, since I'm new here in Texas, I haven't had much of an opportunity to have create a social network, to mm -hmm. create a, a network of, of women or people that I can count on. And my mom is not a in a position where she can drive me or uh, really take care of me anymore. So that that's what's getting me through, to be perfectly honest, is uh, I, I amuse myself. I like to make other people laugh. And I'm trying to look for the absurd in something that has has been horrendous. Well, anybody who knows Darla J or who followed you on the radio knows how positive and likable you are. Thank so you. So I'm sure those folks down there in Texas are going to cotton to you. <laughs> yeah. uh, hey, speaking of Mama J, yes. she's cute. She's on your Facebook here. Uh, how old is Mama J? Or, 87. Or... 87 in September. And yeah. she... Of course, she doesn't think so, but she's got some memory issues. And once I get done taking care of myself, I'm some way, somehow going to convince her that we need to go see somebody about that. She says, well, you know, everybody who's my age forgets stuff. But it's, I mean, she forgets I have cancer. Mm, she forgets yeah. about my surgery and yeah. she, all of it. And so... Uh, we all deal with that. I mean, uh, that's... People are living a long time, and that's that's the case in almost every case. Is she still able to get around? You know, she... I found a house that was a, a mile from Walmart, and I haven't taken the keys yet. She just drives to that Walmart, and then she drives home. I told her that the time is coming when she's not going to be able to do that, and she's not too happy about that either. I mean, that's you know, always it's, a battle. It, it's going to be awful, uh, but. She is very mobile. As a matter, matter of fact, on, in December, she fell and shattered her kneecap. And so we've had all kinds of great stuff going on. And it took her two months to recover. But she's walking like a champ. She's 86 really? years old. Really? No walker or anything? No, nothing. You're kidding. No, I'm not. I mean, it, it was a miracle how that knee healed. Oh. And obviously, I'm a great nurse, but I'll tell you <laughs> what, uh, for people that, that are caregivers to people they love, it is a tough road. It, it is a tough road. I, uh, I'm i not the most patient person. And then, of course, it's it's a family member. So it's, it's going to be a long road. How's her hearing? Her hearing? Uh, her hearing isn't very good. Uh-huh. Um I'm going to, here's a com typical conversation around the edge household. Okay. Would you like, would you like something to drink? Huh? Yeah. Would you like something to drink? Huh? <laughs> would you like something to drink? Don't yell at me. I'm not deaf. Exactly. I thought exactly. so. <laughs> that, that happens a lot. Of course, she's got, she, she doesn't hear very well. And I tried to get her to go get her hearing checked. And she's like, I can hear fine. But everything I say, she says, huh? Huh? What? <laughs> yeah, and then she'll yeah. stand in the kitchen when I'm in my office with Fox News on, and she can't hear me from out there, and she'll keep yelling at me. And then she does the same thing. Don't yell at me. I can hear fine. Stop <laughs> raising your voice. 
Yeah, so my life is uh, completely different from what it was. <laughs> so what's the working title again of your book? Uh, Baby Adventures with Mama J and Cancer. Because I thought it would sound too weird to have it be Adventures with Mama J and Bad Boob. Uh-huh. Doesn't yeah. have the same ring to it. So Well, you left Hurricanes out. Yeah. I did. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's got to be a chapter for those. <laughs> I mean, you're still in kind of in the hurricane zone, right? I am, and it's hurricane season, so... Uh, hopefully, the area where I got a house um, didn't flood during Harvey. So I figure we're up on a little hill, and she complains about the slope driveway. But I said, you know, we're never going to have water in here. So that's a good thing. When you got her out of Florida, successfully mm-hmm. placed her there with you, did she adjust quickly? Oh, no. She still no. hasn't adjusted. Okay. No, when she gets mad at me, she... Um, she says, well, I'll just go back to Florida. I go, good luck. You find the movers. You pack your stuff. You find a new place to live in Florida since we sold your condo. And good luck to you because I'm not so, going to help you. So you're essentially holding her hostage. I, <laughs> <laughs> I am. <laughs> okay, Dick, I think we better cut that part out. <laughs> Don't tell me, buddy. Because the last thing Darla J needs is, you know, Another arrest. It could be the yeah, well. It, it could be the invitation into the, the uh, law area again. So yeah, uh, sure, there you yeah, go. Might catch a job. Yeah, exactly. After you've arrested me, I can tell the story about it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. See, I I need an outlet. So mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I I'm not as good at writing things down as I am about saying them. Here's your outlet, and you need to do your own podcast. Okay. Okay, and if you need help doing that, we can send you some instructions and things and microphones to buy. You can sit there in the privacy of your house when mom's out of the house and rail as long as you want to and put it up, and maybe somebody will listen to it. Well, you know what? I've had a lot of people have said, why don't you do a podcast? Why don't you do a podcast? And are you guys having fun doing it? No, we hate each other. Uh, Yeah. But... (laughs) We get to smoke cigars with people, and we get to do stuff like that, and things like that. You know, we get to go places normally they wouldn't let us go. So yeah, that's right. Sometimes we get to drink wine at like ten in the morning. Yeah, that kind of thing. It just depends on whether the you know subject is game for that. So we, Dick and I, have had huge adventures together in this podcast. (laughs) No, it's been a been a good deal, a fun deal. And as you know, uh, it, it keeps both Loy and I relevant. That's the important thing. That is important. Yes, uh-huh. it is important. I, I I feel like such a slug because I'm not doing anything, you know, other than yeah. trying to go for a walk every day, taking care of my mom, and sure. getting radiation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But once that's over with, I got to figure out my next move in life. Well, I like Dick's suggestion. I think you ought to get on there and do that. You've got a lot of people from Kansas City who would uh, plug into that for sure. I mean, uh, you had a few listeners over the years. A couple. Yeah. I'll send you an email about how we do it and what equipment we have and those kind of things, and you can decide if that works for you, okay? That's perfect. Good. Thank you so much, you guys, for contacting me. I really Very nice of you to join us. It's great to catch up with you. 
I know a lot of people have been wondering what you've been up to. I always have to ask this, though. You know, when I'm around uh, single ladies and Loy, the single man in Kansas City, did you guys date at any time? You know, if we did, it, it must not have been very memorable. Okay, I just there yeah. was there was a, a short few <laughs> seconds of silence there, so I just I wondered. Okay, I was just I was actually going through my Rolodex when you asked that. <laughs> okay, I've Somebody got a I've got other. a Darla K that apparently yeah. you guys you guys would have made a good couple. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, there's still a future to look forward to. So exactly. you're going through. One never things. knows. Mm-hmm. Never. Darla, we keep you in our prayers, our hopes, our dreams, and we'll look forward to what the next chapter is in this book you're developing. Yes, okay. best to you and, and uh, Mama Jay. Thank you so much, you guys. I, I really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you, Darla. If you'd like to pass a message along to Darla Jay, check her out on her Facebook page, Darla Jay, J-A-Y-E, and give her all the support that she needs. We know she'll be back at him in the spotlight before long. And we'll be back in the spotlight with another great personality before long. Stay tuned. You might love it. You might hate it. It's my favorite freaking show. 